Welcome to WHM Mailbag, everybody. I'm Andrew Jupin alongside Stephen Sadak and Eric Siska. This is the May 2016 edition of the WHM Mailbag. So, may we open the bags? We got to open it right up. We got some good ones here this evening. Um, Memorial Day Mailbag, right? Yeah. Shuffle through your notes. Get all your papers out. All your letters. These are the physical letters. Yeah. That's Santa. We get, uh, you know, we get physical mail around here, which is interesting. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> I was going to say, you got them all. <laughs> all right, Steve Sadak, start us off. Um, arca- <clears throat> uh, I'm glad that we have to do this now. Arcade story, no pee or poop involved. Yeah, you know what? I like that preface. <laughs> it means your email isn't getting instantly deleted. We, we, I think we've reached critical mass with the peas and the poops. I don't see. I don't know. No, that's true. I'm I, actually, I'm good with some more. Yeah. Well, you know what? Then save them for your pee and poop podcast. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. If it ha- if it happens in the next mailbag, the only way another letter is going to get read is if a wolf's doing it. <laughs> like a wolf. If the wolf's reading the letter. <laughs> No, I mean you, a story about a wolf shitting. All right, like a wolf shitting, like you saw a wolf shit. Yeah. Oh, you know, I actually, see. I'm interested in that, especially if you saw there. a wolf shitting in an arcade. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, hey guys, love the show. Uh, when I was in college, there was an arcade called Buttons. Welcome to Buttons. Uh, yikes. <laughs> yeah, yep. And uh, on Friday and Saturday nights after 10 p.m., all the games were pushed aside and local DJs would come out for mini raves. Then it becomes Welcome to Buttons. Yeah, ex- I'll push my buttons. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's definitely button pushing and two-for-one drink specials. Oh, and there's a joystick if you keep looking. <laughs> Buttons. Ew, the idea of keep looking, by the way. (laughs) It's there. You got to look for it. If at first you don't succeed, keep looking at buttons. Yeah, you're going to have to fish around a bit. (laughs) All right. Oh, yucks. Um, My friend and I loved EDM and decided to go check out some local talent. Cool, man. Uh, Since buttons only serve dirty water dogs and sodas, either 16 or 18 plus, gross. What's a dirty water dog? That's a a hot dog? slang for hot dog, yeah. People often refer to the ones in New York City uh, carts as dirty water dogs. Your Sabret hot dogs. Oh, that's cool. Um, uh, (laughs) People tended to bring their own refreshments. Uh Uh-oh. Here's a typical night. At the entrance, uh, my friend and I show ID, then a fat kid in baggy pants, a baseball jersey, and gold chains, and a sideways hat yells out, uh, Hey, Shorty, got any beans? My <laughs> Was he looking I, for coffee? Uh, my friend and I were suitably confused and went inside. <laughs> All the games were pushed aside to make uh, a dance floor. It's the stickiest, grossest dance floor I've ever seen with a ratty couch at the corner. Ooh. And next to it on the floor, two na- teenagers having sex. <laughs> Only at buttons. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, you find it yet? You find me the joystick? <laughs> oh, man. Imagine that the next day your, your, your quarter rolls under the machine and you, you try to fish for it. Oh, what's that? Genetic material? Yeah, I so mean, sure. here's the thing. I just kind of imagine, like, this is going on behind somebody's back. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, like, the top level 
level owner of buttons, yeah. which was like Harvey Buttons. I was going to say 86 year old Earl Buttons, but yeah, maybe his son Harvey Buttons has taken over the business. <laughs> Either way, neither Harvey nor Earl know anything about this, and all it's fucking Earl's gross little pervert grandson, Jason Buttons. Oh, man. Everybody knows that guy's a fucking scumbag. I thought he was king shit until they finally brought him down. <laughs> it's one of those guys that, like, when he gets busted with child pornography, you're like, oh, obviously. Totally. I fucking said it about Jared Fogel. Mm-hmm. Did you? <laughs> I called it. Wow. No, I didn't. A little while later, a middle-aged man with a pot belly and a bald head and a Led Zeppelin t-shirt asked me where he could buy the drugs. To which I, I replied, oh, I don't do drugs, sir. Man, that, only at buttons. That is a narc and a hat. <laughs> the drugs. Uh, a little while later, uh, my friend and I discovered another teen passed out behind the speakers. Only his, at buttons. His fr- Is this the plot of the movie Go? Uh, his, <laughs> the teen was played by Scott Wool. Uh, his uh, friends had left him there. So he woke him up and got him some water and babysat him for a while. Oh, that's nice. Well, you're uh, at an EDM concert. You take him over to the chill-out tent, get him an orange slice. This is, this is buttons. There's no <laughs> chill-out tents. All right? Man, only at buttons. <laughs> there's a bathroom. There's a, there's a dirty blanket in the corner of the bathroom. Too. The ratty couch serves as the chill-out tent. It's the chill-out ratty couch. Also, who in the world is serving hot dogs at a rave? Only at buttons. Despite all these issues, we went back a few times because the music was really good. Man, how like good media. was this music? Because this sounds like a fucking living nightmare. A few <laughs> weeks, <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> this music better have blown you. Uh, a few weeks later, we heard that buttons got raided on a night we didn't go. Oh shit, buttons got raided! So man, fucking shock of the century, uh, dude. That's someone. That is someone's lifetime story <laughs> entitled "The Night Buttons Got Raided." It gets good. Apparently, one of <laughs> The DJs was working for the DEA. Man. No, he wasn't. DJ DEA. Yes. <laughs> this is there's your movie. Yeah, yeah, this is a 2000. This is a movie that could have only been made between '99 and 2004. Yes, right, but yeah. you know what? By 2004. You could have had it star Ryan Reynolds. Oh, absolutely. I feel like Ryan Reynolds oh. is the perfect guy to cast in DJ DEA. <laughs> really, not DJ Qualls. <laughs> No. <laughs> you wouldn't have to choose Well, maybe. His name. And DJ Quarles as Jason Button. And he was working for the DEA in Breaking Bad. There's so many connections. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. What Dude, I would like. Shared cinematic universe. That fat kid from, uh, 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 what's that football Sandlot. movie? No, from the <laughs> oh. football movie. The there. Big Green? No. Wait, oh, that's okay. the same fat kid. <laughs> No, Sean the, Astin, the fat kid from uh, the the James Vanderbeek football movie. Oh, uh, oh, oh, Varsity fuck. Blues, yeah. Varsity Blues. Oh, oh, whatever happened to that big O? He uh, <laughs> he lost a bunch of weight. Oh, okay. Billy Bob, he lost a bunch of weight. Well, what's he doing now? Uh, not acting. Okay, he's at buttons. He's working. He, he's buttons. working the door at buttons. But no, I, he would play the fat kid asking. You're, where the, you're totally right. Ask him for the beans. But what's the beans? I don't know. Pills. Uh, a friend was told that uh, okay, so the, 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 one of the DJs was working for the DEA. Yes, uh, yes, a yes. A friend was uh, who was there told us uh, uh, that all at once the de- all the dealers dumped their wares on the floor and the teens swarmed started shoving refresh 
refreshments into their mouths by the handful. Yeah, what the it, fuck? That's drugs. Yes. Well, yeah. All right, I'm just letting everyone know. Everybody's <laughs> following along. We heard that the uh, owner was arrested and reportedly charged with one count of possession with intent to sell for each pill found. Yikes. Buttons was closed. <laughs> uh, my one regret is I did not go to the property auction and buy the burger time game. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, keep up the great work. That's a dude. That's a property auction. I want to get it out. In on man. Oh yeah, yeah. fucking drug busted arcade. You know that shit's going dirt cheap. <laughs> yes, great stuff. Oh, here's this Burger Time Tower. Uh, it's going for twenty five cents because it smells like weed and is covered in nine thousand layers of cum. <laughs> oh wait, uh, here's the old X Men game. Oh, and remember when Colossus goes? Nah! Oh, there's a dead baby inside it. <laughs> Some woman put a baby in a garbage bag. Oh, that's le- that's less fun. Uh, 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 I guess I'll just take the couch then. <laughs> so that's the end of that letter, right? Dude, yeah, the buttons is- couch. You could put that shit in the fucking Smithsonian. Uh, that was from L, by the way. I'm not sure if I said that. All right. So the next one is called Movie Theater Story for Mailbag. Perfect. Perfect place to put it. <laughs> put it in the bag. <laughs> hey, guys. My most... Eventful movie theater experience didn't happen until last year, but I thought you might enjoy it. A friend of a, a friend and I went to see The Hateful Eight at the Village East Cinema in Manhattan. Oh, all too familiar with that theater. Oh yeah, I saw. That's where I saw The Hateful Eight. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe I was. Maybe here. this is about you. Oh, Did shit. I write this letter <laughs> so we could see it on film? Right after we sat down, an older foreign gentleman and his presumably wife sat down right in front of us. Before the movie began, they were texting and talking a lot, but I assumed that once the movie had started, they'd stop. Um, they didn't. Here, here's the thing, and this is a thing. This is a you know we talk about movie theater etiquette all the time on these mailbags. Yeah, it's tough. Do you? I get. Can we as a society like make a point to like a, a very like a non a non aggressive like tap on the shoulder and just talk to somebody like, hey dude, I know you I know you're texting right now. It's totally cool because the trailers are on. But once the movie starts, that that, that shit's gonna stop. You, know you gotta watch it with touching people. No, I, I well, get that. I'm no, just saying, like, I'm don't gonna, be tapping I, shoulders. No, no, I got, I got, I could tell you something. Now that is very seems appropriate <laughs> and reactionable because today I went to a deli yeah. to get a sandwich. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, as one does at a deli. What are, sure. we, what are we talking? Chicken salad or what? Chicken cutlet. Um, no, it was. <laughs> Why uh, is that so improbable? Chicken cutlet. Because I because I wouldn't order that. <laughs> It was it was honey turkey. Oh, okay. Ooh. Uh, yeah, with uh, it was it was really good. I think there, I think there's a pepper jack on there. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm I'm standing in this deli and it's a narrow deli and um, were you uh, at the Hello Deli? By I the was way? at the Hello Deli and Rupert G did take my order. Yeah. So and he, I made him do fucking do the punch card too. <laughs> I'm gonna get my fucking tenth one free. That's right. So anyway, an older man oh, walks... thanks, Eric, for the punch card. <laughs> you sure do love that honey turkey. <laughs> Someone is on a diet. Oh, wait, there's pepper jack on it. Never mind. <laughs> well, and then uh, uh, the tenth one, Christopher Lambert can officiate my diet. <laughs> so, uh, unbeknownst to me, I'm kind of blocking the... the uh, the uh, soda, you know, the not machine, but like the, yeah, the um, case, the case full of the sodas and stuff. So an older, like businessish man walks up behind me. I don't even know what's happening. 
and he grabs my like hips. Oh, oh that happened to like sometimes. move you out of the way. Oh wow, like, was his it, fucking jaw wired shut and he couldn't say excuse me? No, it wasn't. Pardon me, honey turkey. Can you get out of the way of the soda? <laughs> so I, I basically, you know, my 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 hips and. Uh, Lower back was kind of caressed by an older man, and uh-huh. I just had to sit there and take it. That that happens too often. That's it, you. You got it. It's got nothing to do with gender. It's got nothing to do with anything. Shoulders. We're just tapping shoulders. You got. Yeah, you got, exactly. you got fucking say excuse me. None of this shoulder tapping. None of this fucking hip tossing. Just <laughs> excuse me. I have to get to the soda. Use your mouth. You're fucking animals that can talk to each other. I'm Use your mouth. At a loud bar playing EDM and somebody's <laughs> fucking at buttons, you tap the shoulder is what I'm saying. Right. Well, t- buttons, yeah, buttons, you're definitely tapping shoulders. Because if you get your shoulder tapped at buttons, you're lucking out. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Eric. Yeah, okay, so let's get back to this guy's story. Sure. So, as I was saying, they didn't stop texting and whatnot when the movie began. Right. Ugh. Ugh, so, criminal. they started out being very sneaky, but cared less as the movie went on. Now, that's a problem. Yep. Near the last half hour, they were literally passing the phone back and forth, talking about what the other had texted. Oh, what? Man, and jeez, man, this is in Manhattan. Where are the standards? Out the window. So finally I had enough, and, and when the phone was in his hand, I kicked the back of the seat. Wow. He immediately Oof. turned around and started hissing, what is your problem? <laughs> Very loudly at me. Trying not to make a scene and disturb everyone else, I whispered back, dude, I'm just trying to watch the movie. To which he responded, very loudly with his hands in the air. And this is how you tell me? <laughs> he then leaned over and finished the text, which seemed to take five minutes, before turning completely around and giving me the evil eye. Oh, thinner. Yeah, thinner. <laughs> movier. <laughs> he pointed his finger at me saying, watch it. He then sat back down. Wow, he st- I guess he stood up for that. Oh, wow. Yikes. Yeah, by the way, this guy was trying not to cause a scene and started trying not to cause a scene by kicking the back of a chair. That's what the sh- that's what shoulders are for, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you kick that shoulder. <laughs> and didn't text- he didn't text or talk for the rest of the movie. Overall, the movie was great, and but the last half hour was kind of lost on me because uh, in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, am I going to have to fight an old man? Been there. <laughs> When the movie ended, we casually walked out of the theater hearing some possibly Polish... Now, where you are in the East Village, you could get some Polish. You also might be getting some Ukrainian. Mm -hmm. So just FYI. Swear words being muttered in our direction, but that was all. I've loved the show for years, and I've started uh, listening while working on an assembly line in college. Nice. And you guys make Tuesdays actually mean something. Well, Tuesdays mean something. Yeah. It's one day closer to Friday. Thanks a million, John. Wow, assembly line uh, somewhere, I guess, in the New York area. Oh, wow. Mm. Drug assembly line. I'm, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm sure. sure he meant drugs. He's making all the drugs for buttons. Well, he's, 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 what's going on in, in, in Hell's Kitchen and Daredevil? It's all those people. <laughs> yeah, your underwear. <laughs> yep. Well, he states that he went to the Village East to catch the 70 millimeter yep. road show, so yep. he could have been coming from anywhere. But Eric... Uh, Eric knows a little bit of Polish and actually got us out of a sticky situation because of it. We were trying to get an apartment. Eric, uh, Chris, and I, before we moved to Astoria, were trying to get an apartment in Greenpoint. 
And it was like this weird it's apartment. A Polish neighborhood in Brooklyn. Wherein, Becoming less and less Polish by the day. By the minute. Uh, <laughs> wherein uh, this old nun had lived there. I'm not sure if she killed herself well, or not. That was not. Dude, no, no. She, Either way, she was haunting the place. Wasn't she like. Well, she, maybe she was haunting the place. I think I remember her washing dishes while we were was, looking at it. <laughs> she, she was. And like. Um, this guy's like showing us the apartment. It's a three bedroom, and one of the bedrooms is a closet, which was like kind of the reason we didn't get it. But this guy's right. talking to his buddy in Polish the whole time. And when we get out of there, Eric, uh, they were they were saying some negative shit. I can't really remember what it they was. They were calling us foolish and like fat, I believe. <laughs> and <laughs> they had us right. I mean, I wasn't there, but and <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah. I can't, uh, I can't take remember the, the specifics, but... What? You know what, though? Here's yes. the thing. Yes. Here's the thing. Yes. Those Polish gentlemen don't talk shit to you guys. You guys take that place. Instead of moving to my neighborhood of Astoria, we don't hang out all the time, tall glasses of water, watching bad movies. Boom! Yeah. No, we hate movies. Thank God that ghost nun kept us away. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Oh, so this is an interesting thing. So we were asking some folks... After the 250th episode, some of their favorite WHM moments. Highlander 2. So this, uh, this, episode, <laughs> this uh, email is indeed entitled, Favorite WHM Moment. Oh, that's nice. Hey guys, my name is Hunter from South Carolina. I've been listening to the show for roughly four years now. My first episode was the Ghostbusters 2 episode. But my favorite moment isn't remembering that New Year's Eve listening to your program for the first time. I also discovered Blame It on Outer Space that night. Wow. Boring uh, New Year's <laughs> Eve listening <laughs> oh. listening to our programs oh, okay. should be out at a party. Um, it happened this year. I was listening to an old episode of Animation Damnation, the Sonic Child Molestation episode. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, so we we did an episode on Sonic the Hedgehog. Love sick Sonic. I don't remember what it was really about. Anyway, uh, and I was in environmental science class doing work listening to the show. When it got to the more you know part, the more you know part of the episode, uh, I couldn't help but laugh out loud in the middle of a surprisingly quiet classroom. Well, but you know, pump the brakes here. You know, what do you you pay attention in class? Yeah, you know, you know, you you you're the future. <laughs> Way well, the future. Way the future. <laughs> uh, the future's calling. <laughs> John C. Riley's just getting nervous in the back of the classroom. Uh, bah, 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 bah. I then heard my teacher say, well, Hunter is listening to something funny today. This teacher doesn't have a problem with Hunter listening to anything, but, you know. Um, she asked what I was listening to, and I told her I was listening to We Hate Movies and told her you guys were a stand-up comic group. I know you guys don't do stand-up. You sit down and eat pizza and drink Diet Coke, parentheses, can't even get the regular Coca-Cola. <laughs> wow. wow, Hunter, you got our number, man. Hunter, I'm drinking a mason jar full of red wine right now. I'm drinking a room-temperature Beck's beer. I'm eating a whole pizza. You got me. <laughs> uh, while talking about a movie, I just wanted the conversation to be over. <laughs> I get that. Uh, I I do love like oversimplifying things for people. It's yeah, like, just to get it over with. You're like, oh, what are you watching? RoboCop? Yeah, it's about a guy who's a robot. Like, <laughs> it's actually <laughs> kind of how I describe this show to my parents. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 we talk about movies. Mm -hmm. uh, she didn't send me to the principal's office. That's a good thing. Sure is. And then we went on spring break later that week. When I came back to school, the same teacher told me when I got in the class that she listened to your podcast over the break. Now, this surprised me because she's a 69-year-old woman. 
Think about a 69-year-old woman listening to your podcast. Keep up the good work and try not to give a nice old woman a heart attack with your show, Hunter. Well, here's the thing. It's a... It's a big tense party. We got plenty of uh, older folks listening. Yeah, we got sure. plenty of young folks listening. So totally. I don't think it's uh, outside the realm of plausibility that she's a super fan. Yeah, totally. You could be listening to EDM, eating hot dogs, uh, just you can... like at buttons, just fucking on that dirty couch. <laughs> it's all possible, man. Anything is possible. And you know, that's the thing is like you 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 you're a young man going to school and you see these old fogies and you're like, "Oh, brother, but believe me, they've lived a life." She's done on unimaginable things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not God. just of that nature. Well, but she's yeah. like teaching your class by day. Fucking EDM buttons fuck couch at night. <laughs> possibly. She oh, I, was, I thought you might, she might have had something to do with Kennedy, possibly. Oh, yeah. Second oh. gunman, maybe? Yeah, sure. Was she grassy knoll in it? I don't know. She's only 69 years old, though. Well, what, when was she trying to make this assassination <laughs> attempt? I don't know. I don't do math. <laughs> But you know what? Fair enough. Time, right. time travel might play a part. Oh, yeah, that's possible. Uh, All right, next one. Hodor. Uh, favorite <laughs> moment and this story about working in a record store in the late 80s. Now, we're talking. I just want to skip to right to there. All right. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys. I just wanted to chime in with my favorite moment in WHM podcast history. I picked up you guys from the Poison Ivy episode and I've been listening to every since. That's a long time. Uh, my favorite moment is when you guys reacted to Absolute Horror in You Sure Know How to Drive a Baby Wild comment on Blame It on Rio episodes. Second, yeah, that was shocking. Second, I would like to include a story from when I worked at a local record store here in Kansas City in the late 80s. Man, Hell yeah. That sounds like a Pulitzer Prize winning novel, by the way. You or know a really mean? awesome fucking cult movie I'd want to watch. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Either is uh, great. It's just called like Spin City. Well, no, that's that's. No. A, that's a sitcom. <laughs> oh, yeah. You get Richard Kind in there. Oh, no. sure. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, how about Richard Kind as um, Earl Buttons, maybe? <laughs> or, yeah, or, could... or, or or would it be, um, what was it, Harvey Buttons? Harvey Buttons, yeah. He could play Harvey Buttons. Harvey Earl's Buttons. Earl's got to be a little older. Kirk Douglas. Yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, this American story is still uh, located in a questionable area of the city. We used to have quite a few homeless slash neighborhood winos that frequented the store, as well as a few prostitutes that worked in the parking lot uh, of the liquor store the next day, uh, next door. Uh, one evening, I was working with my, new, my now my now brother in law, and we had one of our local winos come in. Hey, everybody likes music, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're intoxicated while you go to a store, you're kind of a wino. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, oh, man. Dude, I went to the grocery store drunk last week. <laughs> I was going to say, embar- note to self, I don't have to run out to the bodega after we're done here tonight. Uh, it, was, it was embarrassing, actually, because this woman was like, it looked like she was trying to get away from this, or like push this cart out of the way. Yeah. And she was holding like a melon or something. So I was like, oh, man, this is probably my cart. So I grabbed the cart to move it. And it was like, that's my cart. Oh, now oh, you're just so man. I'm just some drunk guy taking your fucking car. <laughs> cart. Stealing her melons. <laughs> yep. Was there a line, get your hands off my melons? No, there was right. not. Damn it. It was actually, we had a good little rapport after that. It, it worked oh, out. Well, yeah. she was drunk too, it turned out. Oh, what even. Yeah. Uh, He was usually a pretty mellow guy that would come in and look at the 12-inch singles. Fucking cheapskate. And the records. Oh, okay. Uh, You know, 
That night, if I recall, he was pretty drunk. Long story short, <laughs> while perusing uh, the A1B... I'll be sure, I'll be sure I think. Oh, I'll be sure records. Uh, he... This is why you don't write us emails on a fucking cell phone, because I that's just something that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I'll be sure, Records. Uh, he proceeds to whip out his member and start urinating on the floor next to the records. Oh, My man. brother-in-law walks over to him to tell him to stop. That's a shouting situation. <laughs> yeah, from a safe distance. Yeah, you need to you respect be, the perimeter yeah, there. out of range. Uh, the guy was finished by this point and threw a record on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, brother-in-law was shocked, and he bent over to pick it up. No, and, that's a lost record. And the guy, when he did, the guy probably <laughs> kicked him in the ass. <laughs> By the time he was done with that, the police were walking through the front door. He was arrested, and I never saw him again. I still visit the store from time to time. Great work, and keep. Uh, uh, thanks for keeping my days bearable. Chris in Kansas City. That's a, you know, it's <laughs> a seedy story. It is I seedy, like it. Man. But again, like, you're making a pretty cool movie out of this. I think it's probably, like, I'm picturing the neighborhood from Tough Turf. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, you, there's a cool movie in this story, man. Just saying. <laughs> Especially <laughs> that kick in the so, ass. That yeah. Chaplin-esque <laughs> kick in the ass. Or, you know, this could also be, and remember the, the last mailbag we did that story of the Game Master? Maybe this could be oh. part of that world. Oh, yeah. You know, because that was supposed to be in a bad part of town as well. And the, so maybe oh, and we you go to the call, record store at one point. You could call the Game Master's arcade buttons. Dude. Oh, fuck, dude. Yeah. We've kind of got a series going on here. I don't know. I, yep. Netflix, start, uh, call us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next one is called. Love the show and a story for you. All right. We hate movies. (laughs) I'm writing in to tell you how much I love the show and thank you for all the laughs over the years. Oh, that's nice. This email's not all in capital letters. Oh, all right. It's not written by Zod. (laughs) I I may not agree with you all the time. I think Batman versus Superman was the best superhero movie since Winter Soldier. Cool. Let's move on. And I also think that Wes Craven's new nightmare is... The best Freddy movie. Hachi Machi. You know, it's all right. It's all right. But I love to hear your opinions on movies since you're both so funny. You, since you're both funny and informative. Oh, thank you. I also have a funny story you might get a kick out of. I've always been a movie buff, and I gravitated towards horror and sci-fi stuff. I started seeing a guy in college who considered himself a film expert. And who claimed to have excellent taste in movies. Gotta watch out for these weirdos. Yeah. Starting all sorts of podcasts. (laughs) After a few weeks, I went to hang out at his apartment and watch some movies together. Unfortunately, his actual taste in movies is exactly what you expect from an average male college student. (laughs) He had a giant Boondock Saints poster taped over his bed. Oh, boy. Over the bed, So Norman and the boys can see you. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but here's the thing that I need clarification on. Are we talking like on the wall above the bed or over the bed as in taped to the ceiling? Because you know what? <laughs> Big difference. Uh, I had a boondock sand poster in college. Yeah, I know you did. It wasn't taped to your fucking ceiling. Though. No, no. The saints didn't watch you sleep. <laughs> and that was in the common room, right? Yeah, it was a common room situation. <laughs> yeah, you don't put that above the bed. <laughs> and had hand-carved the words Fight Club into a bar of soap that he nailed into the wall. 
Oh boy, that Yikes. is scary stuff, man. This is <laughs> oof, that's when you know you got to get out. This is a, this is, I mean, save it for the spooktacular. It looked as shitty as you're imagining right now. <laughs> I was already getting second thoughts, but had enjoyed my previous dates with this guy, so I soldiered on. All right. He reached under his TV to pull out a box, which was overflowing with DVDs. Ew, a DVD box. <laughs> <laughs> Why Ew. don't they go on a shelf like yeah. everyone else's DVDs? Like a dumpster full of DVDs. There's probably like kids' teeth in there, too. <laughs> That reminds me of the bucket of porn in Zoo, which is a bucket full of DVDs that has animal porn in it. When the fucking federales are chasing you down, (laughs) dude. (laughs) He presented me with four movies to choose from that night. I remember Chris Cabin was a big fan of the pick a movie, like out of this option. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, and we've all lived with Cabin for so many years. At yeah, one yeah. point of our lives or another. And w- at one point in your life, he's told you to pick from four movies. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he always starts it with want to play a game, which I always <laughs> think is weird. What I'm trying to say is I miss you and love you, Chris. Oh, wherever you are, buddy. So, okay, now here are the four movies. Oh, God, I made the mistake of reading ahead. Boondock Saints. Obviously. The Butterfly Effect. (laughs) Fear.com. Saw it in theaters. And See No Evil. Saw it in theaters at a midnight showing. I have not seen those two movies. Yeah, I've only seen the first two. You know what? Uh, Listen. Spooktacular research, man. Stay tuned for both, you think? It's... It's possible, yes. I asked if he had anything else in the box. (laughs) (laughs) What else is in the box? (laughs) Yeah, at that point, you'd be thrilled to see Gwyneth Paltrow's head. (laughs) All right, this is a relief. But he just told me that we'd save those for later dates. Oh, what a presumptuous. It's for for another date. Those movies are for another date. This is is the box for the third date. Third date, first home date. (laughs) While I was picking, he quote-unquote made dinner for us. He heated up a box of pizza rolls, (laughs) stuck them on a paper plate, and covered them in Italian dressing. No! I'm puking up on my insides. I kind of oh. imagine where we are right now is the uh, the set of 10 Cloverfield Lane a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, that like creepy bunker. John Goodman's pulling out a box overflowing with DVDs. <laughs> pick, pick out of these four movies. No, no, those are for later dates. Oh, you're... You're going to go to Paris one day, aren't you? Oh, hey, hey, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Those are for later dates. <laughs> You're lucky that I saved you by bringing you here. I really enjoyed that movie. I, I loved yeah. it. Yeah, it was a good time. A really good movie. Yeah. Better than all four of the movies we're talking about right now. <laughs> also very true. E. Fucking e. Italian dressing. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? Are we talking creamy Italian or that fucking wet shit? Because well, there's a difference. It's probably like oil and vinegar, right? Oh, I hate that. Really? I yeah. like I like it. I Listen, like regardless of whether or not you like it, <laughs> I'm not you don't cover it. pizza rolls with it. And also, you don't eat pizza rolls. <laughs> also a great rule. Don't <laughs> eat pizza rolls. Hey, Totino's! <laughs> Man, that fat kid in that commercial gets me every time. I chose. Is there ever a time you can eat a pizza roll and not burn your fucking mouth? The answer is no, correct? Well, unless you like leave them out and then they're cold and then you're just eating cold, soggy, wet fucking Italian dressing pizza rolls. What this dude probably did when this woman inevitably left. Well, we'll see if she leaves. Oh, yeah, let's read on. 
I chose See No Evil since I, I've never seen it or heard of it before. <laughs> Good idea. I'm kind of in the same boat. There what America said about See No Evil. If you aren't aware, it's oh, we're aware, right? I told you I saw it in theaters. It's a WWE horror movie starring pro wrestler Kane, and it's really terrible. <laughs> the entire movie, the guy kept pawing at me and trying to get me to take my shirt off. Kane? Oh, this pizza roll guy. Yeah, I think Dr. Pizza here. Pizza roll guy is a tough one. <laughs> That's a tough one to live down. At one point in the movie, a woman is eaten by a pack of wild dogs. Nice. He, he then busted out some trivia and claimed that, he, that they used an actual dead body and fed it to dogs in this scene. You know what gets a girl really going? When you're watching a wrestling horror movie and you start talking about dogs eating a dead body like it's fucking cool knowledge. You know, you know what really gets a girl going? Pizza rolls and lying. <laughs> <laughs> and just the most obvious bad lying you could do. Yep. Why would dogs feed on a corpse? Vince McMahon's not signing off for that. Come on. My bullshit detector went off, but I didn't want to get in, into an argument during the movie. <laughs> well, you didn't want to miss anything. After the movie, he asked me what I thought, and I politely said, it was okay. He then spent 45 minutes going into extreme detail with more of his trivia. Oh, God. I assumed it was all bullshit, since it included facts such as, Kane had to be locked in a trailer because between takes, he, had, he stayed in character. Oh, and propose and a proposed sequel where Kane's character in the film Jacob Goodnight, yep, came back to life and attacked a WWE event. Oh, getting meta, huh? Uh, and the movie would end with Kane fighting Jacob Goodnight through CGI and body doubles. That was just the climax of this dude's fucking fan script. This, by the this way, dude was yeah. Ugh. I'm imagining his pants were baggy enough that she couldn't see his boner, but he had a boner like none all the same. Well, he was trying to get her shirt off. So. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. then in the last crucial minutes of the fight, an unnamed hero breaks in and sprays Jacob Goodnight in the face with Italian dressing, <laughs> saving the day for one and all. And then a dead body gets eaten by dogs anyway, because that's pretty cool. He opens up his other basket of DVDs. <laughs> it says Jews. <laughs> the whole time he kept talking faster and faster. He was so excited telling me this. Stuff. Oh, definitely has an erection. <laughs> I still like this guy, and I know it's okay to like bad movies and taste is subjective. Again, I like Batman versus Superman, but this was getting to be too much. I asked him if I could look through the box and pick a, pick a movie for our next date. I told myself if, if I saw one movie I liked, then I'd give him a chance. That's not, this is way right. too many chances. This is a lot of chances. <laughs> There's been tons of red flags. I, th I thought I had that moment when I saw the Jurassic Park logo until I saw the number three right next to me. <laughs> yeah, careful, careful. <laughs> Don't want to get tripped up. We had another date after that night, but what? I... <laughs> I agree with you, Steve. I please hope it was out in public. But I had lost that initial attraction to the guy, obviously. <laughs> and I realized it would never work out. There is a happy ending, though, for oh, the both of us. Okay. We stayed friends on Facebook. And about two years ago, he posted a picture of himself meeting Kane in person. <laughs> he, wait, was it Kane or was it Jacob Goodnight? Oh, good question. <laughs> he looked like a little kid meeting Santa Claus. He's also engaged... 
So he met someone who could love him even with his unique movie taste and weird love of fake trivia. Fake <laughs> trivia. I love that. <laughs> I've also been seeing a guy since January. He invited me over for a movie night at his house after a few dates. We watched Time Bandits. He didn't paw at me, and he doesn't have any bars of soap nailed in his house. <laughs> Thanks for reading and keep up the amazing podcast. All the best, Rebecca. All right. That's it. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that you got I'm, away from that, man. I'm glad you survived. Yeah. I mean, you know, he didn't paw at you. You had to sit through Time Bandits, but all right. I liked Time Bandits. It's, Time Bandits is one of those movies that if you didn't see it as a kid, you can't possibly care. I don't know if that's true. Terry but, Gilliam, man. He's like four for a hundred, but those four, <laughs> those four are pretty darn good. <laughs> All right. Uh, here we go. I love this email. All right. Dearest Andrew, Stephen, Eric, and Chris Cabin, parentheses, R.I.P.D. He might come back eventually. You never know. Jon Snow, that motherfucker. Totally. <laughs> I love the podcast and wanted to share a story that you and hopefully your listeners will learn an important lesson from. Uh-oh. Teaching time. Growing up, I was a huge fan of Steven Seagal. He ticked off all the checkboxes that you wanted in an actor. He had a black belt, fought in every single movie, played the guitar, and owned a dude ranch. <laughs> that was yep. a checklist. <laughs> His movies, even back in the mid-90s, were all really stupid, but I was just a dumb kid and ate them up. Eating movies? <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were fun. I'm such a dumb kid. I'm eating tapes. <laughs> Cho- here's four to choose from. Which one do you want Italian dressing? <laughs> yeah, I think I would rather eat a fucking uh, a VHS tape of the Glimmer Man than Tostitos pizza rolls and Italian dressing. Uh, then came the day where I met him and everything changed. What? I grew up in Kentucky and Seagal was, unknown to me at the time, filming Fire Down Below at a state park that we would go square dancing at on the weekends. Don't judge. It's a big tradition. Hey, you didn't hear a word out of us. One Friday night, my parents drove myself and my sisters up to go square dancing, but when we got to the stage, it was all closed off. There were wooden sawhorses everywhere, 18-wheelers parked everywhere, and a whole lot of electrical equipment all over the place. Oh, my God. This is, you know, this is an iconic scene. This is the scene where Seagal plays uh, uh, slap hands with Mike Starr, Mr. Big Man with the big balls. Oh, yeah. This is yeah, one of amazing. Steven Seagal's most famous moments. Um, Sorry, I just got really excited <laughs> when you realized what it was. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, it's that scene. <laughs> Some guy started yelling at my dad to turn around and leave, but my dad parked the van and got out. While he was talking to this guy, my gaze shifted over to the stage. Steven Seagal was standing there. I would have recognized him from a hundred miles away. <laughs> he was standing all by himself holding a bunch of papers. I realize now that he was probably rehearsing his lines and was really focused. So Mr. what happened? Big man with the big balls. <laughs> so what happened? Big man with the big balls. You are Mr. Big Man with the big balls. Slap my hands. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Slap my hands. So what happened next? Is a bit more understanding. Somewhere, by the way, Michael Caine was being drenched in tar. His, his hair was being drenched in tar. Um, I freaked out, opened the door, and ran up to Steven Seagal. This is like a bear, man. You can't just like run up to a fucking <laughs> wild animal. You spook him. <laughs> I wanted to say that I was a huge fan and to ask for an autograph, but I think what I said sounded closer to, I'm not a big fan, I'm an autograph. <laughs> he stepped back, 
looked me up and down, got down on one knee and leaned in close to me. I expected him to shake my hand or give me some words of advice. What he said instead stuck with me for the rest of my life. Quote, you're a real entitled piece of shit kid. Can't you see we're busy here? Why don't you go fuck off somewhere else? What? I mean, we should at this point say this is allegedly what I happened. I think this is true. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's known for being fits. an asshole, right? Yeah, oh, famously. He is also probably litigious. <laughs> you missed a big podcast, big balls. <laughs> Uh, I felt my stomach drop down to my testicles. Suck, my man. face got hot, and I started crying there in front of him. <laughs> oh, man. By this point, my dad was yelling for me to get in the van, so I ran off as fast as I could and buried my face in my arms. My parents kept asking what happened, but I couldn't even form words yet. As we turned around and drove off, Steven Seagal flipped us the double middle <laughs> fingers. We were a pretty religious family, so at 10 years old, this was the first time I'd seen someone in real life flip the finger, let alone the double <laughs> deuce. And with the previous usage of shit and fuck, my entire worldview was shattered, and I felt disturbed on a spiritual level. Awesome. Where was God this day, kid? Uh, well, he went the devil. <laughs> When I got home, I tore down my Under Siege poster and threw it in the trash. Since that moment, I've never watched a Seagal movie, an appearance on TV, or anything even <laughs> tangentially related well, to Well, that it. gets easier and easier every year. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> when Fire Down Below came out on VHS, I used to go to the rental store, take the copies off the shelf, and hide them behind other movies. The video store clerk probably wanted to kill me, but I felt like this small bit of rebellion was stopping Seagal from making any more money. He broke my heart as a kid, and it taught me a valuable lesson. Wow. Never meet your idols. Wow. Yep. That is just heartbreaking. God, it That's is just heartbreakingly insane. hilarious, though. How could you be such an asshole to, to a, a young kid, kid? To a kid. It's so shitty. What a piece of to, shit. To anyone, really. I mean, just... That fucking ponytail's choking the common sense out of his brain. What a piece of shit. Anyone ever meet a celebrity that went wrong aside from Gene Shout flushing a turlet? <laughs> <laughs> I drunkenly accosted Todd Barry once on Second Avenue, and he, uh, got sp <laughs> he got spooked and jumped into a cab. <laughs> were you guys there when we were um, with Chris Cabin at the IFC Center? Uh-huh. And we just saw... Um, actually, we didn't see it, but... There was um, Al Franken was uh, showing uh, oh his one the of his Pennebaker doc one one of his documentaries yeah and uh, we were hanging out at the bar there our buddy Victor used to bartend there and Al Franken was there and drunk yep and we were there and drunk were you there for this no I no, was no. no I remember this t this tale though oh right so great moment is you know we're we're sitting there kicking back drinking and Al Franken stumbling into Chris Cabin while we're sitting at this bar. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like a whole, like, over-the-shoulder thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, I shook his hand. I told him I liked his movie. I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> you always got to do that, man. Yeah, but that was, it, was, it was pleasant enough. I'm trying to think of, like, the biggest asshole I've had to ever, like, deal with. And yeah. uh, not coming to me. I mean, I'll tell you that 
a certain star of Fight Club and Death to Smoochie wasn't such a nice person. Yeah, you'll, and you'll... he was there for a really boring period piece no one cared about. <laughs> I'll tell you this. You know what's a fun time? A drunk Oliver Stone. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, he was a ball of laughs <laughs> for a Q&A for World Trade Center. Oh yeah, that's a real yuck fest. It was the it was honestly the most impressive thing I've ever seen because he was you know he'd had a couple cocktails he sure. was having a good time right, and then the second he goes to like go out on stage to do this Q and A for this movie right, he like kind of like stumbled a little bit to go out on the stage and I was like oh here it comes, and then like turning off a light switch like. He wasn't drunk anymore and conducted this great Q&A, like spoke very eloquently about his like thoughts on the film and then just like got in a car and left. It was um, I was so impressed. Not behind the wheel, right? No, no. No, no. The NYPD doesn't believe that light switch theory. That's for sure. (laughs) No, he he indeed had a car. (laughs) Here's my question about our, our story that we just got here from Steven Seagal. Yeah. You know, my favorite scene in maybe cinema history, not top five. You really. got quite tickled when you realized what it was. Was he all keyed up in that scene from that exchange with that kid? Oh. So, like, maybe that informed the performance. So he, when he's, like, really giving it to Mike Starr, he's picturing a nine-year-old little kid. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. I, want, I want you to hit my hands, you little child. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally, dude. I think you're right. I think that was some life creeping into the art in that, that instance. There you go. Learn something new every day. Now we know how Steven Seagal gets ready. He he attacks little kids. He verbally abuses children and then, you know, does a take. Man, what a scumbag. (laughs) That's WHM Mailbag for the month of May. If you want your stories or questions answered on the air, write into the mailbag itself, which is weallhatemovies at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Seda. Eric Siska. Take it easy. Take it easy.